everybody, I'm Beth Davis and welcome to Teachable Tuesday where we discover God's heart and are changed by his word. Maybe this is your first time here with us or maybe you've been here from the beginning. Either way, I'm so glad you're here and know that God has something he wants to say to you today. So let's turn and talk to him. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, we're here for you. We remember that you are with us, that you're always with us, Lord. And so we return our gaze to you. We focus the attention of our hearts on you. We're expectant, Lord, that in this time you will speak, that you will reveal, that you will pour out your love, Lord. Grant us the grace to receive it. Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 1. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, and through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I started wearing glasses in college. I really needed them to drive. I was going to school out of state. I had a long drive to get there. And it became pretty obvious that I probably should never have been driving without them. When I got these glasses and I began to get used to wearing glasses while driving, it became clear that I actually needed to wear glasses in all kinds of other situations. The problem is that I never really liked my face in glasses. I just don't think I have a glasses face. Uh, but I needed to be wearing them more often. So eventually, I made an appointment. I finally did it. I took the plunge and I got contacts. And that first appointment was awful. I mean, I remember sitting with the ophthalmologist and, and saying, I was convinced that the contact lens must actually be bent in half. There's no way that tiny little thin piece of contact lens could feel like it felt in my eye. It was a really hard adjustment, but eventually I got used to the contacts and I began to wear them all the time. And now I can't live without my contact lenses. In fact, that's the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is put in my contacts because I can't see without them. And in some ways, I think my journey of seeing uh, mirrors my journey of faith. Early on, I encountered Jesus. And um, when I met him, when I found out, <laughs> experienced him as a real and living person, I began to integrate him into my life. And I would turn to him at certain times, in certain surroundings, with certain people. And over time, I became more aware of my need for Jesus. And I began to turn more regularly, um, more often. My default became to turn to Jesus. 
And as my faith became more integrated in my daily life, it became my lens for seeing the world and myself and my life. But you see, early on in that journey, I didn't have the faith, I didn't have the trust in Jesus to turn to him in every situation. I couldn't reconcile or uh, apply my faith to my life uh, in what I could see around me. And for many of us, myself included, there is still a disconnect between faith in Jesus and daily life, especially in hard times. Now, depending on the translation, St. Paul refers to these hard times in Romans 5 as suffering, adversity, tribulation, or affliction. Now, no matter which word you choose, <laughs> we're not talking about something that's very fun. In these situations or seasons, some of them feel longer than others, it can be hard to see how God is working. It can be hard to believe his love or believe his plan for your life. But what if, instead of causing us to doubt or to question our faith, that the hard times were actually the means to a richer and more meaningful life? St. Paul gives us this new paradigm for understanding and walking through suffering in Romans 5. Suffering produces endurance. That's what we talked about last week. And today, endurance produces character. And next week, character produces hope. So suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. And character produces hope. So with this framework, suffering is no longer meaningless or cruel. It's accomplishing something in us. Hard times are when we need faith. Hard times aren't the time to question or to doubt faith. They're a time to exercise faith, not abandon it. You see, the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is not self-sufficiency or fear. The opposite of faith is sight. And if we want to be people of faith, which I think you do, or you wouldn't be here. If we want to be people of faith, we have to get used to not being able to see. In these times of unseeing, we can look to scripture and the saints to see examples of men and women who similarly walked by faith and not by sight. We read about it in Genesis when God asks Abraham to sacrifice his one and only beloved son, Isaac. This is the same Abraham who longed for, prayed for, waited for decades for the fulfillment of God's promise to have this son, his inheritance, his legacy, uh, the, the son who would make him the father of all nations. And after years of faith, uh, of waiting, confident in the Lord who made the promise, God answered his prayer. God gave him this beloved son, Isaac. And then just a few chapters later, God asks Abraham to sacrifice that precious son, the fulfillment of the promise, to give it back to the Lord. His faith was tested. His faith was tested 
You and I, I think we can identify with this experience of a faith that is tested. And that word tested always kind of puts me on edge. I feel like it gets a bad rap and we don't have a great understanding of what it means for faith to be tested. The definition of tested that I'm thinking of is maybe different um, than what you might be thinking of. When, when we hear about testing, we think an examination, right? Something that's pass or fail. Abraham could either pass this test or fail it. But there's another definition that I think is, is more true to the heart of what's happening in Abraham's life and in ours. This testing means to measure the quality, performance, or reliability of something. This is what's happening when Abraham's faith is being tested. This is what's happening when your faith and my faith are being tested in hard times. We are measuring, God is measuring the quality, performance, and reliability of our faith. This is what's happening when it feels like we're in a furnace. So why? Why would a loving God put us to the test? Especially because it hurts. Our faith being tested, it, it's painful. Hard times, suffering, tribulation, adversity, affliction, it hurts in our flesh. It hurts in our pocketbooks, right? Think about that, that illness. Maybe it's a chronic illness or a really scary diagnosis. You've got the mental, the emotional weight of it, but then also it comes with medical bills, right? And, and kind of a, a long timeline. You're working it out day in, day out with this very bodily, physical suffering. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Perhaps it, it led to divorce in your own family of origin with your parents or or maybe you're experiencing that fracture in your own marriage or relationship right now and, and it hurts. This trial, it hurts. Maybe it's an unex unexpected pregnancy or um, suffering with mental illness or uh, anxiety or even something as seemingly commonplace as confusion. That's a real suffering, isn't it? The pain could be very public or it could be endured in private. It could be physical or mental. It could be spiritual or relational. Often it's more than one, many or even all. The suffering is intense, it's deep, it touches many different areas of our lives. But no matter what kind of trial you're enduring, we have to get our eyes off of the flames because it feels hot, doesn't it? it it feels like we're in a fire in these times. It's burning and, and we feel like we can't go on. But get your eyes today off of the flames and remember what's in the fire. Remember what's in the fire. Scripture talks about gold being tested in fire. It's refined. It's a, a process where that that metal and that gold is purified to bring out its highest value and its most beautiful form. And this is how we're meant to think about our suffering, about difficulties in our lives. You are that precious metal. You are the precious metal being purified of anything that would separate you from God, whether it's doubt or fear, 
selfishness, any kind of sin, anything that would keep you from believing or receiving God's love, anything that would keep you from becoming like him has to be burned away. And oftentimes that process, that purification happens in trials. It happens in suffering. You know, suffering, affliction, trials, adversity, (laughs) choose your own adventure here. It can bring out the best in us. It can purify our faith. It could deliver us from this belief that it's all up to us and that we can do it on our own. It can purify our hope so that no longer are we placing our hope in other people or in something happening. Our hope isn't in ourselves, our own ability, but instead our hope is rightly placed, rightly ordered in God himself. Suffering can purify our love, even our love of the Lord. Yes, our love of other people, definitely. But I'm thinking here of our love of the Lord where we begin to love him, not for what he can do for us, not for what he can give to us, but simply for who he is. Maybe a less abstract or spiritual way to talk about this would be to say that suffering uh, develops in us what the Bible calls character character. You remember that word from Romans 5. Our hard times make us who we are. They form our personality, the way we think, the way we feel, the way we behave, the way we treat other people. We know this to be true. And in a way, this truth has sort of been hijacked and twisted up by secular culture, right? What I've been through made me who I am for better or for worse. And it becomes an excuse for all kinds of bad behavior. Sometimes we can be guilty of that too. Maybe you've heard somebody with um, just a really quick, maybe kind of a wit or even like a biting sense of humor and and you might compliment them and they say, oh, it's just trauma. Just trauma made me this way. It's forged their personality. Their, Their suffering has become a part of their identity. It's made them who they are for better or for worse. You probably know people for whom suffering has made them hard or bitter, but the invitation of Romans 5 is to allow suffering to make us better. Better, not bitter. Better, stronger in faith, more peaceful throughout our days, kinder to ourselves, more compassionate to other people. I don't think it's a stretch to say that with Christ, your suffering could become the best thing that's ever happened to you. Because uh, it's certainly true in reverse, isn't it? His suffering, his death, his ultimate resurrection is the best thing to ever happen to us. So the life of Christ becomes then the pattern for our life. If his suffering and death leads to resurrection, this is the pattern now for our suffering, for our little deaths, for our daily taking up our cross and following him. It leads to resurrection. It becomes the best thing to have ever happened to us. So you may be wondering how, (laughs) okay, this is all a nice idea. I I believe this. I might even intellectually like I I can get there. I can assent to this, but how do we allow hard times to increase our faith? Well, the simple and hard answer is 
with practice, <laughs> with practice. And I want to give you today just a couple of simple practices to work this truth uh, from your head into your heart and out into your body, into your experience, especially while you're going through it. I want to invite you today, I want to invite you with your suffering to grieve with Jesus, to, to pray just like a child, to pray very simply and very honestly, Jesus, this is hard. I hate this. And there have been times in my own prayer where I just repeat those words. This is hard. I hate this. I hate this. This hurts God. To be honest about it, not to diminish it, uh, not to um, kind of wrap it up in faith, right? This is hard, but I trust you, right? There, there's, there's no forcing it to kind of swing up into hope. We're going we're gonna to go through it with Jesus. We're going to grieve with Jesus. Cry. I want to give you permission to cry, to even wail. I did this recently in my car, right? Because I didn't know I have a neighbor who lives kind of close. I didn't want to alarm them. But I really needed to to pray from, from the depths. I needed to cry out to the Lord. So I got in my car and I, I just gave myself permission. I went somewhere, drove somewhere away and just wailed with the Lord. It, it brings to mind um, an image of of grieving at mourning in Jewish culture. We're so far from that in modern culture. We just push through. Uh, maybe other people say, or maybe we say to ourselves, like, I've just got to get over it. And we're always kind of trying to talk ourselves out of our grief. But we've got to process. We've got to feel our feelings. And we've got to do that by grieving with Jesus. And secondly, I just want to, I just want to invite you to breathe with Jesus. Seriously, breathe. Just take a deep breath. Sometimes I realize I'm in a hard conversation or uh, maybe I'm at work and I just become kind of overwhelmed. I can feel the pressure rising. I can feel the pressure of this season kind of weighing down on me. And I realize I'm not, I'm not breathing. I just need to stop and take a deep breath. Let's do it right now. To breathe right now. Inhale. And exhale. To breathe deeply throughout the day with Jesus. Throughout the day, maybe take a walk with Jesus. Get some fresh air. Get some oxygen uh, moving through your body, um, flowing in your veins and your blood. Get that, that good, fresh oxygen pumping through your body again. So often in our culture, we try to numb or distract or indulge in order to ease the pain of the present moment or, or even that season of suffering that seems to be lasting just a little bit too long. But the only way out is through. The only way out of suffering, of a trial, of grief is through. So be patient with yourself. Grieve with Jesus. Breathe with Jesus. That's the, that's the emphasis there, right? That's the key word, with Jesus. That's how we move through hard times with hope, is we do it with Jesus. Remember Psalm 23 from just a few weeks ago. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. For you, Jesus, are with me.
So friends, with practice, living into, leaning into, and not running from pain, not running from the trial, not numbing out or indulging to get it over with or to forget about it. When we do that with Jesus, over time, this develops in us Christ-like character and a radiant and unshakable faith. Because when we see Jesus, we don't need to see what's going to happen. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen, Jesus. We bless your name. We thank you uh, for this truth that you've planted in our hearts uh, by your word. And I ask you, Lord, to, to cultivate this word in our lives, to give us the grace to cooperate with the seasons and the situations in our lives, God, that, that cause us pain in order that they might purify our faith, that they would make us more like you. Jesus, help us to stop fighting you, to stop fighting this season, this hard thing, and instead, with faith, enter into it with you. Jesus, I lift up anyone who is suffering right now, who, who's just, um, just weeping, thinking they can't do it anymore, they, they can't bear it anymore. Jesus, come into the room in a profound way. Jesus, uh, make yourself known to that heart that you're with her, Lord, that you see her she's not alone and that you Jesus you suffer with her draw near to us Jesus we desire to be close to you in your holy and precious name we pray amen in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit amen God bless you friends see you next week bye now <laughs>